back to another night edition of Fully Equipped. J-Wall, RB, Uncle Gene, and Serial Killer. Whole crew is here. Guys, I'm liking this new nighttime routine. It gets all of us on the pod again because it felt like for a while it was two, it was three, maybe once in a while it was four. But we're back again, baby. We got some hot takes. How we all doing? Yeah, the, the nighttime edition's fun, man. I I like it. I get to I get to be at home. I'm unwound after work. Don't have uh, amongst all your swag head covers. Door. Yeah, I'm 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 in my element here. He is. He just showed what us another cover paradise. that he bought. You you are such a hoarder. I I am fearful for you <laughs> and everybody else that you're enabling <laughs> along the way. We talked about that you've already gone down the we rabbit talking, hole, and maybe you're at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, yeah, you're you're, you're just enabling. I'm at the bottom of the course. rabbit hole, beckoning other people to come in. <laughs> that's that's my job now at this point. I'm just come in. It's uh, nice. It'll be fun. It's great. <laughs> See, my kids are asleep, which is why, like, I'm recording here where I am. I don't know, if, like, obviously not a visual median when people are listening, but like, I brought a golf we are bag now, for some ambience, we got the, we got the pod. But if you look to the other side, you'll on, notice on, a giant YouTube? chair full of squishmallows. So anyone who's aware, who has children probably has Ooh. some squishmallows. Oh, There's God, an entire yes. chair covered in squishmallows behind me. So what is what is squishmallow? I I miss that. My kids no, are all please, teenagers. Please, please, no. Now, so. We're we're not we're not so going we're not going down that rabbit. We're gonna go. We're gonna <laughs> explain this real quick. To That's worse than swaghead Squishmallow. A squishmallow is a hyper understuffed stuffed animal. So when you just it's an overpriced it. stuffed animal. Full stop. It's a it's an overpriced, understuffed Full stuffy. Stop. That's gotcha. all it is. And unfortunately, I have I have a, a father in law that loves loves to just drop them off every time he visits. So, yeah. Here you go. You know, have another. It, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna t- love that for you. I'm gonna tie this in. It's really wild. You know, having kids, especially young kids you start to see fads and trends and what sticks and what doesn't like with toys. And it's kind of interesting because there's, there's some core Pokemon and like bottle caps and all this, just other nuns, pogs and, and, but it's kind of wild because it it, it does draw, well, it draws some parallels to golf as to, you know, what's hot, what, you know, we're, we're just all, you know, overgrown children at the end of the day and we start chasing things just like our kids do and my that's, wife would confirm I, yeah <laughs> well and counterbalance putters it, coming exactly back. and you know and and now like chris is at the forefront of it it's like you know what's hot fads trends and head covers and things like that it's it's kind of wild it's it's not much different than you know what what children are doing so yeah don't normalize this behavior gene arrested development (laughs) what you're doing is you're you're making chris think that what he's what he's doing with his money is is just fine and dandy is healthy no he's not it is not. Healthy. It's his version of a four. Yeah, it's, it's his version of a four hundred one k. Let him run with it. All right. So he's asking for if yeah, somebody knows a where problem. a Jordan Bell. I can stop whenever is. Are, are we throwing an ISO on the pod? Because I'm yes, I'm still for looking it. for the go Wolf for of Wall Street head cover I don't from care. the PGA show. You're so Help far. Help a gone. brother out. Help a brother out. I need one. Well, I've Wolf got Wall like, Street. I, I actually head cover. Do it. I went back and, and saw an old video of like my shop and like we first moved into our house and there was like four staff bags and now there's like 17. <laughs> well, they're not 17, but there's, there's a lot of golf bags. And I was like, 
is there too many here? And I've got one that I'll one day I'll probably tell a story about, which I think is pretty funny. Um, Your last, which is a new is addition. The yeah, the last one the is last the, one. is the best one. It's got a pretty good little fun story, which maybe I'll share next week or something. Holy there shit! You go. There's our, already our teaser. Yeah. Let's, but as far as like do it. as far as things that are popular, I think the most popular thing this week was Mr. Canadian Nick Taylor in uh, in Scottsdale. Big winner once again. Thank you very much. Yeah. Congratulations to, uh, that to another was Canadian. A really impressive run. Yeah. Yeah. Really Spider, Spider Red, too. To, to watch Shout him out. come down the stretch. Shout out Spider Red. Yeah. Yeah. Making a comeback. He had he had a couple of uh, couple of oldies but goodies in the bag. He was rocking the uh, the Atmos Blue. Malt. Yeah. Yes. Saw that. Uh, I did his What's that in the Bag. I was like, would've... man, that's old. I can't even link that to anything that, like, you know. <laughs> Because <laughs> everyone like, look, we link to things that people can. If they're curious what it was, you can link to a shop. We do that. That's it's out in the open. That's not like some secret cryptic thing, all right? But like, I was like, Atmos Blue. Well, I guess no one's shopping for this thing anymore. <laughs> Go to Good Luck. I mean, that thing is that's got to be going on at least a decade, which is kind of crazy. It is probably one of the older shaft models out there now that I think about it. I saw another old one today. I mean, it by was, the way, uh, it was we're talking old shafts, really quick. Oh, Brian Harmon. What'd you see? He still has. What do you got? Spe- Speeder six six one evolution two. Okay. Evolution two. That's, that's like uh, yeah. they're on like Evo six it now or something. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're. I think. Yeah, I think. I think seven's coming. Yeah. So this. That was an oldie, but anyway. Sorry. I... Not not to not to hijack it, but yeah. Saw one today. I bet Riviera. By the way. Sorry, not right now. What was the podcast? Uh, <laughs> not at Riviera as we record, but I, I am in Santa Monica. What was uh, Atmos? Was that 2015, 16, 17 yeah. in there? I think it's earlier than that because I, I was still like building yeah. clubs all the time. That was like something that we offered. Like tour, true, true, tour spec was like a big thing. Like when they offered that in the um, Atmos Red. And then they did it in like the hybrid. Then they had the hybrid yeah. shaft, which was like the V8 something, which I mean, is not the vegetable drink. Um, so, yeah, there was like there was a couple <laughs> of, of generations of that. And that was kind of one of the first times I know. Obviously, like Mitsubishi had done it with the, the white and the red and the blue and that. But then Fujikura did it with the Atmos blue, red. And I think they had a black, but I don't know if it did, really did that well. Uh, but I know the blue and the red were kind of like the ones that people were always after. And there was the VC. Uh, tour spec one which was again one of the first tour spec shafts and uh that i mean that sold pretty darn well that was like one of the first players hybrid shafts the, like, that was really popular the atmos driver was the precursor to ventus as it was essentially those profiles the red the blue the black were uh, essentially the platform for separation and profiles to ventus coming out and now we have the new one out on tour this week. Look at that. What a transition. <laughs> Love that. I gotta say, man, that, that Ventus 3.0 is no joke. And that Cobalt Blue is sick. Yeah, I saw it. It's out on tour for the first time this week. And the Fujikura guy said that Gary Woodland had one built. Probably going to test when he gets home. Um, but, it okay, I... I want to talk about Riv and some of the things that I've seen, but are, are we not going to talk about Phoenix and what the hell happened? 
It was a poop show. Yes, no, maybe so. I, I, it was yeah, a gong I mean, show, guys. I mean, it was it was crazy. Uh, I know Coach was out there. Chris, did you go? I was out there a couple days. Yep. And did even you go Saturday, like early. Uh, no, I avoided that place like the plague on Saturday. But my phone was blowing up with the uh, amount of friends that I had that were on property, and it was just uh, picture after video after video after picture, and Snapchat was going crazy. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this asshole. Look at this guy. I mean. So many people wanted to just be a highlight reel. And I, I, I mean, I was talking to a lot of my friends about it. The, I would say the majority of people that are on property, specifically on Saturday, it don't care whatsoever about golf or the fact that there is a golf tournament being played. And they have advertised this thing as the biggest party in golf, and now people are coming just for the party. I saw so it was it was Jeff Shackelford uh, in his newsletter, which I thought was really good. He had someone he had taken like an Instagram story from somebody who was like asking what would happen, and he was I guess he was the person whose story it was was like a bartender who was there, and he was explaining it after the fact, and basically um, from the sounds of it, again one account was that there were so many people getting in on Saturday because of the uh, general admission tickets and all those things that at some point the people who are running the front gates were like, okay, screw it. Like, this is just like, it's too, it's too busy, like whatever. And they just started letting floods of people in. And then these floods of people started getting into areas where there were like VIPs and free drinks and those kind of things. And so as bartenders are trying their best and then they basically just like, you know, screw it. Like we're not paying for these beers or booze or whatever. So they just started flowing everywhere. And the next thing you know, it was pandemonium because you have people who are like, not again, I've worked in the, I've worked in the alcohol sales industry. I've, I've been to a lot of like large event parties and festivals on the, like on the giving end, not the receiving end of the, the libations, but I've done that many times as well. Um, but you have to keep track of these things because you're you're liable, which is why at, I guess it was like noon. It wasn't even like it didn't even get that deep, but it was like noon or yeah, one or it two. wasn't late. It was like no more sales. Like I guess the fire department or the police were just like, you guys have to cut it off right now. And they didn't turn literally they didn't turn the tap back on all day, which is kind of crazy when you think of the fact that like they were probably only open for like two or three hours. And let's be fair. People were probably, as we used to say in high school, pre-gaming it. Um, pre-game and oh 100 so they were I, think, I mean it was it was it was light yeah. beer on site and stuff like that gene doesn't even yeah. like he's not even gonna have to give it any insights here because gene goes to coachella and he's seen <laughs> shit shows far worse <laughs> than than the phoenix open so that's that's why gene's staying quiet I, right I, now. I, I i i do have some insights it's kind of interesting when uh when i did the um exhibition on 16 we arrived a couple days early and one of the Thunderbirds was our host. He was taking me around on a golf cart and right at the entrance, everywhere you see at the waste management, they have this mesh over all of the chain link fence, except for this one stretch. And it was 50 yards. And he goes, do you see that stretch right there? It doesn't have mesh that says waste management. And I said, yeah. And he goes, 
That's because that's where the buses show up at 6 a.m. and the ASU students get out and the cops sit there and the ones that are too drunk to walk, they zip tie them to the fence and a paddy wagon comes and picks them up and sweeps them to the drunk tank and they do this every day. This was eight years ago he was telling me this, so this isn't anything Imagine new. how much more Pre- chain link fence they have now. but they've been the 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 point is that you know this has just been out of control for a long long time and you know when we got that hole in one i remember walking by people like on my way with the robot and i mean people just they honestly did not know that i was physically there i mean they didn't see me they were like running into me a level of inebriation that was just off the charts um Coachella is much more drug based, not necessarily alcohol. Just as a frame of reference, you know, for 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 our loyal <laughs> listeners. But um, no, it, it it but yeah, that that my one and only experience there. It was, uh, yeah, it was it was epic. So that's why I was kind of curious, and we were talking before the recording. I was like. Asking Chris and Coach, was it really that bad? And you guys were like, "Oh yeah," <laughs> and that's and that's coming from veterans, so that's that's saying something. <laughs> this this last bit is going to get cut from the pod, which is a damn shame. But Ugh. oh man, that was great. Uh, okay, Zach Johnson. Everybody so what's going saw on the Genesis. <laughs> Did everybody see the Zach Johnson video? Yes, no. Y- yes, yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was that was. I heard my from from my understanding, he was getting chirped a lot about the Ryder Cup, which I think, as a as a non, you know, European or American Stalin. fan, I think is just kind of funny in general. Um, which, by the way, Stalin. I mean, he was. I don't think he was a very good captain, nonetheless. Um, but I thought Billy Horschel telling people to just like completely f off was pretty funny. Like, and you know what, Billy's a guy yeah. who's, who's going to stand up and like he's he's more than willing to be to to speak his mind in many cases. Um, so to hear that and be like, guys, we're trying to hit golf shots here. Like, it's our job, uh, or it's our blank job. Um, so I think that was pretty interesting. But again, from a from a sporting events perspective, golf is very unique because it's not a reactionary sport. Like, you can get yelled at in baseball or soccer or you know football, whatever. Um, but golf, because people are standing there waiting, it is one of those things where when there is gambling on site, there can become issues. And I think that is what the, the biggest concern with this is. But the crazy thing is on Sunday and when guys coming down the stretch, the fans self-police. And I think that is that's probably the most – it's kind of like the shopping cart mentality, right? Like no one has to return a shopping cart. But as a society, most good people return the shopping cart. And I think that is – it's kind of the telltale sign of, you know, coming down those last few holes and on the playoff, people were quiet, mostly quiet. There's probably a little bit of a buzz but the buzz is okay. It's when you get the random shouters and they kind of police themselves and that's okay. You realize there was a thing called the Super Bowl going on and no one was around. <laughs> Everybody had already bounced by that point. <laughs> that's a valid point. Very good point. <laughs> I was still watching the playoff holes. I was I was loyal. I wanted to see Charlie Hoffman win. I was rooting for Charlie too. But, but yeah, well. That would have been some good synergy for the, for the waste management cool folks. Story. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he got he got yeah, he, Charlie's sure. been out there grinding. He got a lot oh, of uh man. he got a lot of airtime for waste management, that's for sure. Hell yeah. 
Now so to I transition, all that, all that he, synergy oh, out the window. One of the things, one of the things that was interesting about the the Hoffman <laughs> bit is apparently that's like one of the longest running shirt sponsorships on the PGA Tour. It's getting close to twenty years, which makes sense. The dude's like forty seven years old. Which I didn't realize how old he was, which also reminds me, like you know, I'm actually older than I probably think that I am. But you no, know, another guy that like this week unveiled some new clothing. I think we got a few takes on that because, you know, it's cool and people got pretty hyped about it. And like, I could not open up my phone without seeing like Sunday red and like, look, am I ever going to get invited to one of these parties after I say this? No, but like, do we need another polo? I don't know. It was cool. Like, it's cool. It's cool to see Tiger and something different, but like, Oh, hold up, hold up. What? I, I, I got, I got who's, one more who's the, on the, on the Phoenix open. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. All right. Then we will, then we'll get to this cashmere hoodie I'm, thing in a second. I'm just, but. I'm just, I'm just joking, but I do have some gear minutia because this is a gear podcast and I'm sure by now I'm going to get a whole lot of emails this week from people saying that they just hated the first segment of the pod on the Phoenix open. It's okay. I, I, I probably hate it too, but here's, here's well, some gear minutia for should, you. We should leave the, uh, we should leave the unedited in. That is, that, that was one of the best outtakes I think I've ever heard. I was laughing but. to the point where I was crying. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. So, uh, Charlie Hoffman and Nick Taylor actually share one thing in common when it comes to the gear and nobody knows what it is except for me. Only because titles told me they both, and they, I don't remember the last time that you'd have to go back and figure that out. These guys mark their golf ball the exact same way. Exact same way. They really? put that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So they both play titles golf balls. They both both play uh Pro V one X. And they both mark their golf balls with a CH. So the C goes on one side of the play number, the H goes on the other. And CH for Charlie Hoffman is of course, his initials. <laughs> Hopefully you got that one. And the CH for, for Nick Taylor is the first initials of his two kids. Oh, that's interesting. Oh. So there you go. I, that, that should have been a yeah. Super Bowl prop bet. I mean, uh. <laughs> the two guys in the playoff will have the same markings <laughs> on their golf ball. I mean, they have prop bets for everything else, so why not? Why not? Okay, there's, what, how the many, what's, what is there, 20, 26 letters in the alphabet? God, I hope that's right. Uh, so, like twenty six <laughs> times twenty six. I don't know. Yeah. Don't ask me. Twenty six. Never really get it. Twenty six times twenty six. Isn't it, is it? I'm gonna have to Google this now. Um, but if you take that number and times it by two, and then you add like you think of like the combinations that are there. I mean, that's oh, yeah, a big it's number, a lot, right? Like I'm doing. I'm yeah. thinking about like and of your all the things you can mark on your golf ball. Yeah. Dots. Circles. Whatever. Anyway, so that's it. No, no more, no more Phoenix open talk. Uh, yes, let's get on to Tiger and his new Sunday Red. Um. Anyway, I, so Tiger did an event on Monday evening in Santa Monica to announce his new apparel line, and man, there were there were a lot of hot takes on social media. A lot of hot takes. And I, I guess this is normal for the launch of a new apparel line. It feels like there is no middle ground. Everybody either loves it or they hate it. And and that's just the way that it is. And big surprise, people either loved Tiger's new apparel or they hated it. Um, it seems pretty 
it seems pretty safe to me. I mean, other than like a, a shirt that looked like it kind of had a camo pattern on it, or I don't, I don't know what how else to describe it. It, it seems seem pretty safe. And I don't know if they're going to expand it or if it's just going to kind of stay in in that like happy middle ground. But I don't know. I mean, it's polos and hoodies. Although Tiger did say that that they were the only ones doing cashmere hoodies. I think people were like Grayson, Peter Millar. Like, do you want me to keep going, Ralph Lauren? And uh, so apparently, Sunday Red is not the first one. But um, yeah, I mean, TaylorMade's getting into the apparel game. They've got a whole bunch of. I mean, it makes you wonder, though. I mean, how many how many Nike guys do they have on their staff? Scotty. All of, well, Fleetwood. yeah, Scotty and Fleetwood are mm. both, and Rory, actually, Tiger. we're Rory now that I think about it. Holy smokes. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, Rory that's as well. Bit, so, actually. do do more, do more of those guys end up in, in Sunday Red because they're tailor made guys? I mean, that's, that's lo- logically, that's where my mind goes to is not so much what's the apparel going to look like, um, what's the next shoe going to look like. Got some takes on that one too, but well, do if they if, get into these if, other uh, staffers to wear it. If if Tigers is like Sunday Red is like Scotty's line going to be like no putts made like what like what are we going to wow <laughs> sorry wow <laughs> look, guys, look, guys honestly look RB think about from it the like top rope I don't expect was, that from Canadians good for you he, no putts look made. he was Shit. like fiftieth oh, in putting okay. he's fiftieth in putting okay. and he was like top five in everything else so bad jeans like jeans video went out the man. The man could have won that event by so many shots, but it was just like, again, kind of shocking. Oh, man. But nonetheless, um, I mean, as far as Tigers, I, I really, I don't know why I had to get that in. I don't, I feel bad at picking on him. I don't, I don't, I mean, why do I feel bad? I, I, he's a millionaire. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully he listens um, to the podcast. And <laughs> but anyways, he's yet on tour. You, you guys can, uh, just don't can, uh, meet, meet up on the putting green. <laughs> But like, the, I, I don't know. I just, I feel indifferent about the whole thing. Like, I mean, it's cool. Like, I mean, I think it's neat that it's not Nike. Um, I think one of the funniest jokes that I saw was Anti Faldo, who is one of the best follows on golf Twitter, was if you turn the logo sideways, it, the, the tiger just looks like a fused vertebrae spine, which I thought was very funny, which someone else reg- like yeah. aggregated yeah. and then it didn't get, he didn't <laughs> get the credit for it, which is fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks pretty cool and it looks comfy looks like cool gear if it's good cut i'm sure they'll sell a lot of it but as a as a you know he's whatever i mean sure it's gonna be better than a lot of other clothing lines that you've seen from from like a lot of other players over the years but i mean i don't know i'm 40 years old i'm kind of in the target market like if 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 i have two different options like you know i'll probably buy the tiger shirt but i don't know yeah it's cool i what about the shoe the shoes though i I the saw shoes the look like, and then I'm not like dish like trying to hate on the designer, but like it just looks like another shoe. Like I feel like there was there could have there could have gone so many different directions, but I also feel like part of it is because they're Tiger shoes and they had to create some type of obvious very like a lot of stability. There's probably a lot of tech in that shoe. That's what I'm very I'm actually curious about the tech of the shoe more than anything else because you can see that there's like carbon in the I, sole. I don't. They know. gotta be a stable I shoe, but do they look great? I don't know. Do you, do you remember the prototypes that he wore at Hero? The prototype shoes? All, like the all black ones? I remember them, ones. yeah. He wore them in like the practice round, right? Those things, like I kid you not, 
out of all the shoes that I've seen Tiger wear, I mean, the Foot Joys are nice. Those are nice shoes. But those black prototypes were awesome. All, I mean, it looked like all leather. Strong, I mean, just a strong looking shoe. If you're going to be, if you're going to be looking for something more traditional, and you know, I posted pictures because, um, as I mentioned, I'm I'm out at Riviera this week for the Genesis Invitational, and I took some pictures of Tiger's shoes, and it's like they replaced the the piece on the heel with like a red like carbon plate with the Sunday red logo. And it, like they changed up the the material on the sides and the designs different. It just I was like, oh man, I got super excited because I thought maybe they were just going to release that shoe the, with the prototype. And it's like it looks kind of like it, but not totally. I I'm not a I'm not a huge fan. It just seems like there's way too much going on, man. I, I took some close ups and I'll I'll post a few more that I took later in the day when when Tiger was wrapping up. He played nine holes a day, start on ten, finish on eighteen, but. I just I don't know. It feels like there's it's kind of just too busy for me. Honest take. What do we think of black golf shoes though? I I, I again I've never been in well, so many. I don't hate. Them. I wear all I white. Wear I wear all white golf like, shoes, but yeah, I just can't do an all. I I can't do an all black shoe. It's just not my thing. But I know they look fine. I mean, they look yeah. fine with pants, but it's just never been something that I've been into. Yeah, yeah. I think I've only ever owned two pairs of black golf shoes and I wore them pretty much just in the winter. Like I never, never got into the black shoe. I was scrolling through the the comment section after the, uh, the launch went live for the Sunday red product. And I, one that just made me like belly laugh was somebody had made the comment that it looked like the slab <laughs> of your cat died. That's pretty just good. Like, oh God. I like that one. That is, that's, that's pretty good. I, that one, that one just got me for some reason. I'm going, oh yeah, okay, yep, I see that. I had to go back and look at the Slazenger logo and went, oh yeah, that's just too close to accurate. That's Mr. High that's Fashion is very quiet over there in San Diego. Well, you know, it, it, it it's interesting when it came out. <laughs> I was imagining myself in the pitch room, like, okay, here we go, ready, sun day red and <laughs> and and it, 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 it's just like everything it, it, the way it was hyped up it, it, it just I, I think unfortunately I think the I think the clothes look fine I think the shoes look fine I just everything kind of seemed to fall flat that that was it and it just but what was weird about it was the way that it was set up it was set up like you almost felt like you were missing something like sun day red. Is, is there some other meaning, you know, and then, then he goes in to explain, you know, the origins with his mom and everything like that. I mean, that was nice, but it just, yeah, it just, it kind of fell flat. That, that was, that was my sense. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's, that's what a lot of people were, were saying is, I think they were they were expecting a lot. I'll tell you the one thing. I again, I don't mind the the apparel itself. It's it's pretty basic, but again, I, I don't. I think they're just trying to to release something that a lot of people are going to like initially, and then maybe they can branch off and do some things that are a bit more out there. the The biggest miss for me is the logo. 
like I get that the stripes on it, and it's funny because when I saw the initial, um, when I saw like the initial logo, and I was counting the stripes, and I was like, it's fifteen. I can see fifteen stripes, assuming that they're all supposed to be stripes, probably for his major wins, and that's what it was. But and a couple of people pointed this out on social media too. You, you think about like Tiger's old logo; he owns that logo, and think about the Frank head cover logo that Nike released. Could you imagine if Tiger had had come out and his apparel line was based around the the Frank head cover, or or his old his old logo when he was at at Nike? I just feel like it would have been a, a better look. I don't know, and I think that I, think they just, I think I, that could have made it. Logo, logos are everything. I, I feel like it could have made it. I agree, and I think what they probably did yeah. was they're gonna save it you know what i mean like because you want a different like if you're going to launch a new brand yeah, just from like a branding a and like my market my that. marketing brain goes off on this is like you have to differentiate like you have to immediately differentiate or else you don't want you do not want to create any type of confusion with like is it old nike is it whatever right um so i think that's yeah. obviously like a, a very important thing even even down to like the logo placement like Again, like the whole, like, I'm just thinking of like every marketing checkbox of like what it would be, like what they're thinking is like, you don't want it on the, on the shirt. You don't want it on the, the chest. You want it in the middle. You want like, you want these different places. And I think they've, I think they achieved that. I think they've differentiated themselves. And if that, if that was their like initial goal at launch, then they've definitely succeeded really well. Cause people are going to know very quickly that Tiger's not wearing Nike. Um, and I think it allows them, to your point, Jonathan, like the opportunity to build on what they've created. Is it does it fall completely flat? No. Is it like a game changer? Not really right now. But it's it has immediately differentiated itself. They had enough people in that room. There's enough, I mean, buzz about it that like people know what know what's going on. Um, so it gives them the opportunity again, it gives them the opportunity to expand. But I think people know that it's not Nike, and I think that's probably the most important thing right now, to be honest. It's kind of like when people were trying to learn to pronounce Uniqlo when Roger Federer switched from Nike and Adam Scott and people's like, you what? Like, what is this? And it's like, well, it's, I mean, it's cool. It's a Japanese brand. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like Japan's gap. It's very cool. Like it is, there's, you know, but people are like, how do you pronounce it? And I think people kind of know what it is now. So I think they've done that job of differentiating him as an athlete, which I think is probably the most important thing. If I put my marketing hat on. Yeah. There we go. All right. Uh, I think it's enough Tiger Apparel talk. Yeah. Last last point, I will say, when I saw him on the range today, it just looks weird seeing Tiger without a swoosh on his hat. It, it does. And I think that's going to take some getting used to. Anyway, speaking of Tiger, yes, he is in the field this week at Riviera. And uh, I had a chance. It's always really, It's always really funny. You know, Tiger doesn't play a whole lot these days. So, I, like, the opportunities to shoot his bag are, are, are few and far between. So, I'd gone into this week knowing I was going to be at Riv. I had been, like, I typically going in, I don't know if I've ever talked about this before, but, it, like, people always wonder, like, how like how do I? And I don't, RB, you might be different than me. But typically the way that I do it when I'm going to a tour event is I try to, I try to pick like four or five guys that I want to get their bags. I want to shoot like full what's in the bags and then anything else that I can find. That's cool. Great. But tigers is always tough because 
you know, he goes off really early. Typically, he'll show up on Tuesday, go off super early, and then he'll play the Pro-Am, but the Pro-Am's always sort of a crapshoot. And so I was trying to get out there today. I was getting some work done this mo- early this morning with, uh, you know, the time change. And I was thinking it was 7 o'clock, got up at 5 a.m., working. I just, I totally whiffed on the time, got stuck in <laughs> total traffic, getting over to the golf course, and I missed my my opportunity this morning, and I thought, oh, crap. Well, lo and behold, I got lucky after he finished nine holes. I shot his bag. And it, typically, it's like just rush and get it done, like shoot everything. I'm trying to get everything at a dress, which I know a lot of people out there appreciate, and trying to get every club in the bag. And I, I decided to take a little bit extra time today with the putter. And Tiger's uh, Scotty Cameron putter, is the only club that I've ever held that scares the ever living daylights out of me because every time I pick it up, I feel like I'm going to drop it. And every time I put it back in the bag, I feel like I'm going to drop it on a club and it's going to get another ding mark. Now that probably is not that big of a deal because what I did differently with, with this time when I shot tiger's putter in hand, I, I did some really like up close, pictures of the putter because it's tough to see sometimes when when i you know rb and i do our standard in hand photos we we try and get the whole head in the shot we're not zooming in on the face unless there's something there that we're trying to highlight but and i i noticed this from a lot of people i posted these pictures on on social media today a lot of people thought tiger's (laughs) scotty camera newport 2 gss was pristine that thing is not pristine it is beat to shit and there are gash marks in the face, and the the top line looks like somebody just took a you know a little uh, ball peen hammer and just like hammered right along the top line on either side. Um, there's still residue from the lead tape that he had in the in the back cavity, and like the the red paint and the cherry bomb in the back cavity is completely gone from all the lead tape he's used over the years. Um, the red paint in the cherry bomb on the face on the on the toe side or sorry heel side is is kind of missing there's now rust spots on the bump it, it's it is just the coolest putter to hold and the one thing that i couldn't capture in the photos was the putter shaft that putter shaft is so old it feels like it's going to snap at any second and and it's just like you can feel the history. It, it some people probably are like, yeah, okay, that's ridiculous. It's a golf club, but I mean that golf club won fourteen major championships. He's been using it since nineteen ninety nine. That is a cool ass club, and um, I think it was neat to be able to like highlight some of the the character around that putter. So that was fun getting to shoot the putter. Tiger did have a new club in the bag today. He is testing a tailor-made qi10 tour three wood he still had the the original sim tie three wood in the bag that he's used so legendary know, maybe he tests it fairway wood yeah yeah legendary legendary fairy wood that well he's also got a he's also got the the m3 in the in the bag as well so five wood m3 five wood he, he again this kind of goes back to what we've talked about before five like fairway woods are tough once guys find good ones they keep them in the bag so Maybe, maybe not if he switches out the three wood. But other than that, Tiger's setup is is the same. He's already switched into to the QI10 LS driver. So that's kind of where we're at right now with Tiger. And, and again, game time decision on the three wood. But 
he hit it. I, I went and watched him tee off on 10, and that was the first club he hit of the day was that was that QI 10, two or three wood. And other than that, uh, I don't know. It's it's weird. And I don't I don't know, RB, you've been out you've been out to on tour a bunch to start the year. Has it felt like there's been fewer gear changes to start this season than years than years past? There's definitely tinkerers, but I think like in general, like players have are either very, very early to switch and kind of lock in, or for a lot of uh the reps, like there are they know that there are players who are going to kind of as, as one rep told me, once they get to Florida is when they're going to start changing if there's anyone who's who's held on because it's like their ramp up to the Masters. The, the weather is going to be very yeah. similar all the way down into like Texas when they go and play. So, um, But in general, I don't think there's been as many, but there are ones that are very interesting. And to your point, it was the week after <clears throat> Hama, uh, Max Homa won that I, I like took pictures of his putter. I can't remember what week it was. And, uh, I was like, oh, this thing like won last week. And it, I had the same experience at, at, um, in, at Pebble with, uh, the amateur Nick Dunlap. And I was like, oh, this, this putter, like this thing, like won last week on tour. Like I'm like the guy who was watching it on TV and now I'm standing here. And I'm like, I kind of forget. I'm like, this is kind of cool. Like, like I do appreciate the fact that the thing that I just watched happen now is like in front of me and I'm holding yep. it. And it's, it yeah. is this like weird experience. Cause like, again, as a kid, I appreciate my job. I love what I get to do, but to think 15 years ago, you'd be like, Oh yeah. Like the guy who just won like that week, like you're going to be on like standing next to him, like taking pictures of his clubs. It's kind of like, wow, this is neat. <laughs> it, is, it is like this very yeah. appreciative yeah. experience. So I can imagine holding tiger's putter. You're like, Oh shit. Yeah, I don't want to mess with this it, thing. It, it's a, yeah, it's a crazy experience. The first time that I did hold it, year, I mean, years and years ago. I think this was like the maybe the tenth time, ninth or tenth time that I've that I've shot it. But it was it was uh it was over concrete. That was terrifying. Um, I would not want to hold anyway. any any club over concrete. <laughs> just just uh, just out of curiosity, yeah. I'm I'm curious about something. What are the how do the logistics work? Do you talk to his manager? Who do you talk to to get permission for that? Yeah, it, typically, usually you talk to the caddy, and and the caddy okay. will give you the yay or the nay. But but yeah, with Tiger, usually you talk to talk to, to Rob Mack and. Rob will, Rob will give you the the yes or the no. So when I when I asked and he's like, "Yep," and he he kind of smiled and he's like, "Yeah," he's like, "Here's your window, <laughs> go do it." And it was like, "Okay, well, here we go." So yeah, it's uh, again, it's a cool experience. Tiger's again, Tiger's bag. It's he's just he's not out there as often as as he used to be, and so anytime he shows up, you want to know what he's got. But to be able to to shoot the enhanced stuff is always cool, just because it's it's Tiger's golf clubs and. Uh, I geek out for stuff like that. Uh, I other than Tiger? last year at, uh, at Waste Management. At Waste Management, I like waited around to get Rory's bag because he had just switched to the 760s in the long irons. And like I, was, I waited for his ah, guy to right. come by. And I was like, hey, man, like, I like, I, you know, I work for Alta.com. Can I just have some quick pictures? I know he's got the Vokey wedges. In, this is last year. So Vokey wedges in the bag. He had a new, he was kind of messing around with a different putter. Uh, but it was the same one, and then it was the 790s. And I was like, I want, I need to get pictures of these. I did not get them yesterday. Can I? I waited. All, I was there so early, just like hang parked on the range, waiting for his caddy. <laughs> and the cool thing is, 
when he came up, I, I introduced myself, told him who I was. And I said, Oh, like you're from, uh, I know you're from, you're from Ireland. And I said, I know Roy's from Hollywood. You're from Hollywood. Like my, I, my family in Carrick Fergus, which is like very close. It's in the space, almost very basically in the same County or close to it, which is, you know, like small area. And, you know, we chatted for a couple minutes. He's like, yeah, yeah, do you do your thing, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So it does like, you know, those it's, it pays to be on the good side of the caddy. Let's just put it that way. Oh, you have, you have to be, if you're, if you're not, if you're not on the good side with the caddies, you're, you're toast. So yeah, you need, you need to be on the good side with the caddies. It is, it's imperative. Um, all right. Other things that caught my eye this week, again, not a ton of changes. We mentioned Ventus, mentioned Tiger with the, with the potential new three wood. Um, I saw Ricky Fowler. He was, he of, uh, Odyssey versus Jailbird fame. It was testing a AI one version of that putter. And I don't know if it's going to go in the bag, but, but from based on the interactions and it's just cool to be able to like stand there and listen to these guys as the, as they're like testing and Rick tested the two putters head to head for like close to 30 minutes and was just rolling putt after putt after putt and really liked the consistency of, of the AI one face. But again, it, it all comes down to, for him, he loves the way that putter sits. And, and for people that have seen the photos, he has that thick slab of lead tape on the bottom of the sole of that, that Versa Jailbird. And so for the Odyssey guys, it's not so much the performance of the face insert that's keeping Rick back. It's like finding a way to make sure that that lead tape allows that, that new putter, if he's going to switch to it, allows it to sole the same way because he just doesn't want it to rock. He wants it to like basically be able to set it down. His, his putter is a little bit more like toe up when he puts. And so he wants it when he kind of sets that, that heel side down to really just sole in place so that he can just take it back and take it through. So it's um, kind of like that was, that was fun. To- that used to like, so you say there's a couple of players that actually I've, I've seen at one point there were somebody who like ground the bottom of their putter. So it, like it would sit a certain way. And I saw someone do it with a fairywood one time, and I thought it was the craziest thing because they, le- like, legit took a good couple. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but a couple millimeters off the heel. So when they set it down, the thing just kind of like rocked open, which I thought was fast because like people don't think like, oh, like you know, I'm really worried that it's going to do this. And it might have been Goosen. Goosen used to get in there and grind everything. It was like he would grind his own wedges in the van, and then the tour guys were like, "Can you Sergio please not do this?" Too. Like Sergio would as well. Like. They're like, guys, can Rory you please not, like, do this? Sabatini. I actually asked one of the reps one time. I was like, who was like the most finicky guy? Like, we'd send Goosen stuff, and Goosen would pull it apart and rebuild it. And I'm like, first of all, that's pretty sick. Second, secondly, it seems like it kind of defeats the purpose. Why would you not just, you know what? Here, Goosen, take the components and you build your own damn golf clubs. But I'm sure, like, they probably don't want that either. Well, that's what, just that's what all the Charles Schwartzel like did. I mean, like, you build them. Uh, Charles Schwartzel did I mean, that. Remember, he, he drilled out the ports in the back of the heads. He bought those I irons just, on like, eBay or something, and then he yeah, yeah he drilled the... Murus, yeah. mad, madness, pure madness. Um, speaking of, of madness, RB mentioned Scotty Scheffler. He was working again with Logan Olson. Logan had three new putters. I don't think Scotty's going to switch, but they were just doing some more testing, more feedback, and... Uh, and we'll we'll see where where Scotty goes with the putter. Speaking of of Scotty's, Adam Scott had um, last week. He actually switched into the TaylorMade QI10, the core model, the same core model that Rory McIlroy is using. We're seeing a lot more guys 
Chris is nodding his head. We're seeing a lot more guys switching into the core model. And if you've got Adam Scott and Rory playing this version, they're not switching to the LS. I mean, Chris, you've seen, you've tested it. Uh, we've seen it on the robot. We're going to get to that episode. Everybody wants to hear Gene's robot episode. I'm not even lying. I hate saying that, but everybody wants to hear Gene talk for an hour, hour and a half. Um, but you, have you been seeing similar things with with testing, just lower <laughs> lower spin numbers with that core model than than maybe what you've seen in the past? Yeah, it was kind of interesting actually, because the the initial forecast for market share was heavily weighted towards the max for the the mass market, and I mean from what we're seeing at TrueSpec, the the QI10 core head is just dominating. And so the majority of QI10 product that we have being recommended in the fitting bay is the the core head. It's fast, it's stable, it's low enough spin that the the high launch, high spin, high speed players can get away with it. And then with the added stability that they were seeing over the stealth product, I mean it's it's just a no brainer. Yeah, it it, dep- it I mean from what we saw during robotic, that thing was really impressive. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah. good, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good product. And again, if you've got two big names playing it, not, not that you should base your purchasing, purchasing decisions on what Adam Scott and Rory are using, but it is pretty cool to see those guys switching into the core version instead of the LS. Um, Adam Scott also had, uh, man, he's been making a lot of changes here recently, guys. I mean, he's the one, he's the one player that I will say has been, been doing some serious tinkering. He had the the ping, he had ping blueprints in the bag, and now he's switched into the Shrixon. He's got the the ZX utility irons in the three and the four, and then he goes into the the ZX seven in the five through the nine. So, um, yeah, Adam Scott is. Although I will say this, would I mean we love it. I love it that Adam Scott's changing gear because he's a gearhead just like us. But I love that on social media last week he was giving shout outs to uh to Panda, who is who's basically Hedecky's club guy for Shrixon out on tour. And then Adrian Reedfelt from TaylorMade, he gave him shout outs for the the work they've been doing on his gear. And those guys are so underappreciated when it comes to like building the clubs that the guys are using. I mean, they're sounding boards, they're at some times they're like equipment site, you know psychologists trying to figure out like what's going inside the brain of the player, but to give those guys a shout out, that was pretty cool from Adam Scott. Other than that guys, I mean, some cool covers. Uh, one other thing that I did want to point out Toulon has brand new putters and they look really cool. So go check it out on the fully equipped social feed. If you want to see what they look like, but but Toulon's done a done a like a full on redesign of their butters. They're uh, super clean. I'm very 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 impressed. And yeah, other than that, I, I think again just fewer gear changes. I, I I agree with RB. I think as we get into to Bay Hill, I think we're going to start to see start to see some more gear changes. But yeah, for right now, relatively quiet, with the exception of uh, the few that we mentioned. And I think with that. Let's get into this week's fully equipped hotline. Coach, well, I, I don't even know if I want to do this think? anymore after how I was treated earlier in this podcast. 
<laughs> but um, here, here we go. Here's the first one, which is a follow-up from um, our discussion on the Max Fly and Lexi Thompson. Hey, guys. It's Anthony from Kentucky. I listened to your last pod on uh, Lexi Thompson and the Max Fly ball. Uh, I personally did a test. Uh, I'm a pro V1 guy. And love that ball, but I did a test. Uh, a buddy of mine had some of the Max Fly, the new ones with the black dot. And my testing at home on the simulator uh, showed that the Max Fly with the black dot actually spun a little less uh, off the driver and was pretty equivalent to the Pro V1 on my irons. Uh, and I love the feel. I was hoping you guys could. Uh, with your knowledge, give me a little comparison on the Pro V1 versus the black dot max fly. Thanks. That's a good, I mean, you know what the thing is? If someone's asking about comparing the max fly to the Titleist, I think the, the only thing we got to do here, we got to get some of these golf balls over to Mr. Robot himself to get the actual lowdown. Because I haven't tested anything, so I have a very hard time. Comp- I'm like, pretty sure he already say, has like, data on these golf balls. Oh, look at him. Look at look at Gene over there just like digging. Cheshire cat grin. That's that's a yes. So I was just testing those two golf balls this morning, which is kind of funny. Oh but, my god. Uh, no, you weren't. I swear I was. I swear I was. <laughs> and it and it was oh my it was kind it, it was kind of interesting, to be honest with you. Um uh you know, we don't see a lot of, so if you want to test with me, you send me your product and you send me your competitor's products and I test them. And so, uh, check cash or money order. And check cash or money order or Bitcoin. Uh, no. <laughs> and, Bitcoin. Um, um, but what's interesting is I, I'm a little bit of this kind of bellwether in that I can see what's popular because people send me what's popular and they want to compare against and um, it, this was the first time that someone sent me Maxfly golf balls, so they're they're getting on the radar. So that was that was kind of uh, that was kind of interesting to see, um, you know, that they're um, that they're starting to become included in the conversation. And I, I can't go into specific details unless we do it for golf.com, but I can say the caller. Is not that far off. He's pretty pretty spot on. There we go. Very interesting. All right. Very okay. interesting. Coach. I want to try these though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try them. I can't get them. There's no dicks in Canada though, so we'll get you some. We only got two this week. This comes from a first time voicemail or long time listener, and I would stay tuned <laughs> to the end. <laughs> Gentlemen, this is Jeff in West Des Moines, long-time listener, first-time voicemailer. Two MOI questions and a comment for you today. First, you've had a lot of discussion lately about the 10K limit in driver MOI. I don't remember ever hearing a numeric limit for putters. Is there one? Uh, second MOI question, you mentioned if you were to add lead tape to a 10k conforming driver you could easily make it non-conforming could you make it conforming again if you counterbalanced it and put some weight back in the butt of the shaft and my comment if you're still keeping trap please 
put me down for Team RB on golf ball rollback. I have zero interest in seeing eight irons go 195 yards plus. So um, put me down squarely in Team RB. And in related news, get off my lawn. Thanks. Have a great day. Keep the pod coming. <laughs> Well, I feel I feel very well justified played, in my in my rollback take. Vindicated. So will, at least that's one person on my side. Um, so, oh, two man. questions there I think that are, are both very interesting. One was about MOI and adding. Um, is there a limit for MOI of putters? And the answer is absolutely yes. the The MOI for limit for golf clubs is for every club in the bag, so that equally applies to putters as well. I have a ping dock 17, which if anyone has seen it, um, it is literally 17 centimeters across from heel to toe. It is at the physical limit by the USGA. And I'm pretty sure it's very close to the MOI limit that is possible for how a golf club can perform. Secondly, the, the question about lead tape and if you counterbalance a golf club, does that change the MOI of the golf club? It physically changes the overall MOI of the golf club. It actually makes it higher. It is a heavier system, as like an engineer would call it. But if you make that head really heavy, you can put weight anywhere on the golf club, but they're testing the club head. So the club is still illegal one way or the other. And I know, I'm, I don't know what it's like for the builders at TruSpec, Chris, but I know that the guys on tour, the builders on tour, they have limits for how much they can add to those club heads because they will exceed the rules. Now, does it really matter if they, like, look, your builders could really pump a driver up for Mr. and Mrs. Havocamp, Chris, but on tour, <laughs> they're not allowed to do that. Are you guys pumping? I mean, no, I'm sure you can't. You, you don't have to answer. <laughs> uh, no, well, I mean, I'll, I'll answer. I, we had quite a few conversations as the, the ping 10K and the TaylorMade Max were coming out about okay to achieve swing weights like what are we able to do in regards to adding hot melts or swapping weights from what TaylorMade and Ping include as the the stock weight so if we're going shorter in length if we're adding a, a jumbo grip or an oversized grip or mid-size grip whatever the case may be and a lighter weight shaft and essentially making something that is very light on the swing weight scale are we able to make any modifications to the head? And I mean, simply put, the answer is no, but the workaround is we're able to use tip weights in the shaft as the shaft is a separate component. And as far as the USGA is concerned, I, I can add tip weights in, a, in an adapter system and still have a conforming golf club. So that's, that's our workaround with those. But no, we are not intentionally juicing drivers and, and making things illegal or non-conforming but like rb said you could get creative with some lead tape or uh other uh, discretionary weight applications and uh get a get a driver that's juiced if you need it the only thing is with that and this is like i think something that that people need to keep in mind and i've i've had a lot of conversations with uh some higher level players about club fitting, we've gone back and forth on this a lot recently. And most people assume that faster players will always need heavy. And, you know, first set of clubs I built for this, this player, strong guy, former baseball player, realized that it was actually too heavy and went back to something that was like a roughly like D2 kind of thing, a swing weight. We were 
you know, leveling out around D5 just because that's what felt to him comfortable at the time. Once he got to the golf course, someone put a, a lighter club, lighter shaft, slightly shorter club in his hand, and he said, this thing is unbelievable. I have way more control. And when you're trying to balance out the swing weight, especially on these longer drivers, at some point you're fighting trying to swing something that weighs as heavy as a three-wood on a, on a driver shaft. And that becomes the issue of trying to create speed. Yes, you've got a stable driver, but in reality, at some point, you you probably have a slower driver, and that's not helping anybody. The hard thing is to test. Is the hard thing again is to test that under human conditions, and then being able to put it on a robot. Because if, if the robot's going to swing at 100 miles an hour, the robot's going to swing at 100 miles an hour. So no, that to that's me is not true. It, it's not true. Oh, okay. No, no, the robot swings with a torque curve, so we apply a certain amount of power. So, for example, if you swing a driver at 100 miles an hour and you put a 5-iron in, it swings it at 90 miles an hour because it's shorter and it's heavier. So, it, it, it does pick up differences in shaft weight. It picks up differences in length as far as velocity. So, yeah, we're, we, are able, we are able to test that, absolutely. Well, there we go. That's why I don't design freaking robots. <laughs> It makes you think like I had, and, and like to put to put the example, like, and it's kind of, I, and it's kind of scary that I do, but that's another subject. <laughs> we'll address that another day. But it's kind of similar to the fact that like I had um, my wife and my wife's been like trying to like work on her golf game quite a bit, and we Jonathan and I, I mean, we both got them was photo samples of Zexio's like clubs, and she hadn't hit their three wood before, and the next thing you know, she's swinging her three wood as fast as she was swinging the their, her driver just over 80 miles an hour. And it was like, holy smokes. And I said, well, yeah, because first of all, it's a, it's a stiff, it's not a, it's not really a stiff flex. It's a Zexio stiff flex. So let's be very clear on that. Um, but it's a lighter overall golf club. It's got a little bit of counterbalance and the head's a little lighter and the swing weight's lighter and the whole thing is lighter. And next thing you know, she's like, this is unbelievable. And it, it, I know this sounds, I'm not saying it like an ad, like it was just crazy to hear her impression of hitting this golf club. She hadn't really tried before just because it was lighter. And it's not like she was up to your point. She, she's not applying more power to it. It's just that the energy is easier to transfer. And I think that's really funny. And now that I, now that I know that about the robot, I'll never question the robot again. Look at that. See, we learn something new every day. That's just what you want on this podcast is to learn something new. Even RB. RB, R, RB's Mr. got two victories. Himself. He's got one in, one in his team and he learned something tonight. So <laughs> I tell that to my <laughs> kids. I tell it to my oldest daughter. She's like six years old. And I say that every day. And I said, like, look, some days you're going to go out there and you're going to fail. And that's okay because it was a learning experience. And some days you're going to go out there and you're going to learn something that's going to be like, – you're going to learn something brand new and it's going to be really exciting. But either way, they're, they're opportunities. So don't take, like, losing as, like, something that is, is a complete failure. And I told her because, you know what, you know, daddy hit golf balls last night and he couldn't get his ball shoot over 162. So, you know what, it was a fail – as a, as a whole, but you know what? I put the effort in, which means next time we're going to try and do better. And just like on this podcast, we put in the effort and we're going to try and do better the next time. That's a good place to wrap it for episode. <laughs> damn, episode 228 of Fully Equipped. I still am amazed every time I, I read off whatever episode it is that we're, we're into the 200s. Uh, we were going to do an interview this week, but we're going to save those. This has been an hour of tomfoolery um whatever else you want to call it so let's let's cap it there as usual if you want that social media goodness check out our social feeds we are at full equip golf 
on Instagram and our new YouTube page. I guess it's still new. It's been out for a little bit now. And we are at Fluke of Golf on Twitter. Thanks as always for listening. Enjoy, Rick.